If you walk into a pet store nowadays, you'll see aisles full of different dry foods. The choices available can be overwhelming to say the least. You might even ask yourself, which one should I choose? Today's episode is designed to give you a better idea of what kibble is. Once you have an idea of how it's made and what the ingredients are, you may realize what you should really be feeding your pet. I'm Andrew Stewart Mackenzie Smith, and this is my OC Raw Life. Now, as you may know if you follow me on Instagram or this podcast, I'm a big advocate for raw feeding. I've touched upon the benefits a few times, but I never get tired of talking about it. To recap, raw is the most biologically appropriate diet you can feed your cat or dog. Why would I bring this up when we're talking about kibble? Well, my main point of view is always giving food to our pets that truly let them thrive. To better explain this, we must first understand cats and dogs as a species. Cats are obligate carnivores. What this means is that they're not able to digest plant material very well, and they require essential nutrients that only meat can provide to them. Dogs are a little different. They are considered scavengers or opportunistic carnivores. What this means are they're primarily meat eaters, but can survive on a plant-based diet if necessary. Now, I stress the importance of the word survive and if necessary. Their bodies are still built to live off of meat. Foods full of plant-based ingredients just don't have enough nutrients for your pets to truly thrive. The reason I emphasize this is as we go further into this episode, you'll see the majority of kibble rarely contains a lot of meat. And if they do, they're so highly processed, it's highly unlikely that your pets are going to get enough nutrients from this type of food. To be clear, I'm not here to talk bad about kibble. My whole point of view, as always, is to give pet parents as much information as possible to help them keep their pets happy and healthy. The point of this episode is to break down what kibble really is and let them make up their own conclusion. I'm not here to tell you to change your pet's food. Only you have the power to make that choice. If this episode does anything, I hope it inspires you to do your own research or to at least start looking into the ingredients in your pet's food so you're more aware of what's going into their bodies. So let's get into the food in question. I say the word kibble, but some of you may not know it by that name. Basically, it's your pet's dry food. Those little dry pieces that most people at one time or another have fed their cat or dog. The first dry dog treat was made by an American named James Spratt in 1870. This was created based on dry food sailors would eat on long voyages. As the years went on, pet food became big business. And by the 1960s, the process of how most kibble is made today, extrusion, was born. So what is extrusion? Well, extrusion is a process that uses high-pressure heat and a premix dough from a variety of ingredients. Extrusion pushes the dough through a machine that shapes it and cooks it at the same time. Once it's cooled, the kibble is then sprayed with a premix of vitamins and minerals. There are a few reasons people have issues with this process. For one, the ingredients in extruded kibble can vary drastically in quality, and you have to take the pet food company at their word, the ingredients they list on the label are actually what's in the pet food. A majority of the time, the food source of kibble will come from rendering plants. Two, not to get too graphic, but meat used in rendering in the US can include animals that have died in transit, including roadkill and on farms, they refer to these as 3 or 4D meats. These are the ingredients that would never be deemed safe to be used in human food. If it's not suitable for meat, why would it be okay to feed it to my boys? Even further, if you look at the classification of ingredients in kibble, it's actually considered feed grade food. Why would you feed that to your pets? 3. It's processed at such high temperature, often more than once, that any beneficial nutrients the food may contain have most likely been cooked out. This means most vitamins and probiotics are usually synthetic and have to be sprayed onto the food after the fact. 4. Kibble is still fairly new. It's only been around for about 140 years. Now this may seem like a long time, till you realise dogs and cats have been domesticated for thousands and thousands of years. So, is 140 years really long enough for a meat-eating species like dogs or cats to be able to adapt to eating such an ultra-processed diet? So after hearing all these points, you may ask why would anyone feed kibble? For many people, it's more convenient. 
Not everyone has time to thaw out or cook their pet's food. It's easy to store and it's shelf stable. And this also makes it super convenient to travel with. It can also be a cost effective way to feed your pet, depending on what brand you go with. It's also widely marketed as being a complete and balanced meal. However, there are many aspects of feeding kibble that once you scratch the surface, may change the way you see this type of food. For one, it's a dry food. Pets are supposed to get the majority of their moisture intake from foods they eat. This lack of water over time can cause issues long term for your pet. 2. Contrary to popular belief, kibble doesn't last forever. Sure, most bags have a pretty good sell-by date, but once opened you only have about 30 days before it gets stale. As soon as you open that bag, the food gets into contact with the air and the kibble starts to oxidise, and over time it will become rancid. You also run into the issue of storage mites if the food has been open for more than a month. 3. Kibble can contribute to weight issues in your pet. Now some of this can be linked to the ingredients, but some of it can also be linked to the pet parent as well. Many parents don't actually follow the guidelines on the bag, as they assume all kibbles are the same. Unfortunately, this is not the case, and in order to avoid weight issues, you have to feed your pet what the manufacturer recommends based on your pet's size. If you don't, you can easily cause your dog or cat to be overweight or even malnourished. 4. Going into greater detail on weight, some of you may wonder why there would be such an issue if you just feed a little bit more or a little bit less. Well, the problem is you won't see the effects overnight. It can sometimes take years to see an issue. The reason kibble can cause a lot of weight issues is that most of these dry foods are high in carbohydrates. What is even more alarming is that the level of carbohydrates is nowhere on the packaging. This is something you have to calculate yourself. Carbohydrates are always labelled on human food for good reason, as too much can always cause issues for us. But did you know that dogs and cats are even more susceptible to carbohydrates? The maximum for dogs is 15, and the 5% is for cats. Essentially, carbohydrates turn to sugar, which your pet cannot process, as our main fuel sources are protein and fat. So your pet will end up storing these sugars in their body, and this can cause many different health concerns over time. This is a common reason why pets on kibble for a long period of time tend to be overweight. 5. Looking at the source of the ingredients in dry kibble, it's sometimes difficult to know where they're coming from, what they even are, and if they're even safe to feed to your pet. As I previously mentioned, most dry pet foods in the US are still using rendered 3D or 4D meats, not fit for human consumption. 6. Referring back to the extrusion process, most kibble is heated several times, destroying virtually all the natural nutrition in the food. That is why all kibble produced this way must have vitamins and minerals sprayed on at the end of the process. To make matters worse, generally these mixes contain high levels of synthetic vitamins and are produced outside the US. On this instance, you have to start questioning if the ingredients are safe and at the level of quality your pet needs to get the benefits. 7. Going into more detail on the use of high heat, this process also denatures the proteins in our pet's food. The change in the structure of the healthy proteins during exposure to high heat is a possible trigger for food allergies. Research shows the immune system may not recognize the altered protein and treats it as a foreign invader. This may explain why pets allergic to a particular meat-based dry food oftentimes have no problem eating the same meat in whole raw form. 8. There's also the possibility of high levels of aflatoxins in kibble. Aflatoxins are molds that grow on grains and are carcinogenic. You may have seen on the news over the years some dry pet foods recalling their products due to these ingredients, the most recent one being reported in July 2021. 9. I'd like to touch upon one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, people think kibble is a good choice for their pet, and its teeth. Now it's been a common misconception for as long as I can remember that kibble is good for teeth because it's hard and has a crunch. You might have even heard this from a loved one or even your vet. Now it's true. Something hard like a raw meaty bone that your dog can chew on for a few hours can over time help clean their teeth. 
Even though it won't replace a proper dental visit, it'll help scrape off any unwanted plaque or tartar over time. Kibble unfortunately cannot. What you have here is a product made out of starch. As we have discovered, our pets cannot process starches in their stomachs very well. The same can be said for their mouths too. We humans as a species have amylase, an enzyme, found mostly in saliva. That processes starch for us. Dogs and cats do not have this. So starches won't get processed and will build up over time and show up as plaque and tartar. I like to compare this as us eating chips. It gets stuck in the teeth and can cause a lot of dental issues. Kibble is no different. A starchy food that our pets can't process correctly ends up causing dental issues long term. As you can see, there are many unknowns regarding dry pet food. And when you break it all down, it becomes less and less appealing as a way to feed your pet. Going back to what I said about an optimum diet, you have an animal descended from wolves or big cats who are used to a diet made up of a variety of raw meat and other whole foods found in nature. Essentially, a raw diet is the closest thing we have available to that. Compare that to today's domestic cat or dog being fed an ultra-processed food that they'll most likely eat the same brand and flavour for the rest of their lives. It's easy for me to see which diet I would choose. I emphasise this especially these days, where you have mostly plant-based ingredients in the majority of kibble, and you have pets that have weaker immune systems due to harsher environmental conditions and or poor breeding. Their bodies are in a more fragile state than previous generations, and that's why they have a harder time eating this ultra-processed diet. I see this every day, and it's become a serious epidemic. You have pets with kidney and liver issues, diabetes, obesity, and even cancer. I discovered this the hard way. We had fed our previous Pomeranian a dry kibble for years. When he was older, we found he had a heart condition that some dogs of his breed are prone to. To be clear, I'm in no way saying the food caused this. His breed are more susceptible to getting heart issues, even if they are fed a clean diet. This is the nature of a lot of breeds. They are also prone to hip and joint issues, as well as problems with their teeth. Sometimes it's just genetics. But, having your pet on a clean, fresh, optimal diet can reduce the risks of health issues over time. In hindsight, I can't help but feel if we were able to switch him onto a more appropriate diet like Ross sooner, he would have still been alive today. He of course still lived a wonderful life and was truly spoiled, and we are grateful for the time that we had with him. But that experience truly opened my eyes, and I started paying more attention to the ingredients on all pet foods. To be clear, I'm not here to shame people. Not everyone has the opportunity to feed their dogs raw. Kibble is a cost-effective and extremely convenient food. I'm not here to judge. What I'm here to do, and what I believe OC Raw Life started from, is to help enlighten people, to make the small choices over time that can really make big difference long term. Even if you were to go with a better quality kibble, and add a small amount of raw over time, your dog will have a much better quality of life than if they did without. I'd like to finish with a small note about the whole DCM and grain versus grain free issue. I already went into great detail on the DCM issue in episode 2, so please check that out. But what I'd like to address more in this episode is the difference between grain-in and grain-free. Grain-in kibble. This was the most common dry food for a while. As I mentioned earlier, carbohydrates are difficult for dogs and more so cats to break down. Grains are full of carbohydrates. On top of this, some dogs like Midnight are actually allergic to grains and cannot eat them without getting a reaction. I would add to this by saying that dogs can go a long time without showing any signs of reaction to their food. This is why I advocate variety in whatever food you choose. Grain-free kibble. It's a newer type of food that replaces grains with legumes and or lentils. There's been a lot of contention regarding whether or not these ingredients are harmful to your pet. But recently this year, the FDA reported that it could not definitively find a connection between DCM and the grain-free kibble the dogs were eating in the study. Even though grain-free kibble is better for pets with grain allergies, it swaps out one starchy ingredient for another and may still contain the same amount, if not more, of carbohydrates. 
I also wanted to touch upon the headlines in the news regarding the risks of grain-free kibble was just that, just kibble, not fresh food. I personally spoke to a number of pet parents afraid that their raw food is unsafe. It is true the majority of raw food is considered grain-free, but it's a fresh food and should be considered no issue to your pets. The main issue was that you could be safe for any kibble. It's an ultra-processed food with too many fillers and not enough high-quality ingredients. This is the main reason I advocate feeding a fresh food diet. Now, some would argue that there's still plenty of good quality dry foods out there. It is true, there are still some smaller pet food companies more mindful of the ingredients they put into their food. But, at the end of the day, it's still a highly processed food, mainly made out of carbs and starches that your pet's body isn't designed to handle. Because of millions of dollars put into marketing every year, we are still led to believe that dry food is clean, healthy, and the best diet for your pet. However, at the end of the day, fresh food is fresh food. You cannot get any more natural than that. I hope at the end of this you have a better idea what kibble is. I could go on and on about this subject for hours, but I wanted to give you the main points about this food to make it easier for you. I still highly encourage you to do your own research to help you better understand this food. Be sure to always read the label moving forward, even if it's the raw diet. Being mindful of what you're putting into your pet's body is a valuable tool no matter what food you end up using. If you are looking to switch from kibble to raw, I highly encourage you to do the research, read the food labels, consult an integrated vet, and come up with a solution that best suits you and your pet. There's also plenty of resources online, like Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Nick Thompson, Rodney Habib, Kimberly Gauthier. The list goes on. Another great resource to accompany your integrated vet with your own research is your local independent pet store, where you'll find people like me who are passionate about learning as much about pet foods and pet nutrition as they can so they can better help you, as a pet parent, make better choices for their pets. Stay tuned as I'll continue to share my experiences feeding the boys of raw lifestyle. Until next time, I'm Andrew Stewart McKenzie-Smith. Thank you for joining me on my OC Raw Life.